Hello, welcome back to What Next, the podcast where we chat all things post-uni panic, graduate life, adulting and everything in between. I'm Zoe. I'm Sophie and today we're going to be tackling the topic of dreams versus reality. But first, it's time for the jingle. Before we dive into our topic this week, it is time for our weekly check-in where we discuss our peak and our pit of the week. And Zoe, I'm going to curb the fact that I haven't planned one yet. Don't know what I'm going to say. So I'm going to let you go first. What is your peak this week? Ooh, my peak. I think my peak this week was probably going shopping the other day and just spending all my money that might sound like a bit to other people but sometimes you just need a little bit of that retail therapy um and yes I bought so many things and I also started reading again Uh, I bought like four books (laughs) um so I've been enjoying that I'm trying to like rebrand my whole identity I'm like a book reader now Uh, (laughs) so I'd say that was probably my uh my peak of the week this week I love that you're oh yeah I'm a book reader now forget like the four years of uni where I literally read everything in the library (laughs) now I'm a reader (laughs) but it's the difference isn't it between like I feel everyone relates to this when you go to uni you just stop enjoying reading because you have to do it all the time so now I'm like reclaiming my right to enjoy reading uh she says as she's read about you know two pages of a book that makes her a reader girl now I'm a girl who reads <laughs> and what is your pit this week Ooh, it's always the pit I always find with the peak I struggle to find something to say in the pit I'm always like yeah I got a bunch of <laughs> I got a bunch of things oh, I could um I think my pit this week if I had to choose is probably the fact that um I am on a grad scheme at the moment and uh, part of the grad scheme is a sort of module so you have to study for a qualification and my essay is due tomorrow and it's not done (laughs) so I'd say just that that is my my pit I will be very happy when I submit that tomorrow hopefully on time so and then when you're done you can chill for a bit and enjoy <laughs> do you mean go back to my job or <laughs> yeah it's a Friday you can chill after work what about you what's your what's your peak of the week my peak which Sammy was a part of funnily enough Ooh. was um over the weekend on Saturday we surprised a friend for her birthday present taking her for a lovely little afternoon tea and It was just so nice to catch up with everyone again and, you know, just aimlessly stroll around some shops without having like necessarily an agenda or anything. But it was just so nice just to, you know, catch up and chill and have a lovely old time. And we managed to pull off a good surprise as well, which was fun. Yeah. Lots of stalling in uh, coffee shops. But uh, (laughs) it makes it easier when the surprisee is a little bit oblivious. Means that we're like <laughs> trying to subtly like message each other on our phones, be like, okay, we need to stall a few more minutes. Okay, let's just go to the loo or something. And luckily, she didn't notice, so that's all good. Well, so we um, told. This could just be yeah, like the great. The great <laughs> she's just a great <laughs> actress. <laughs> that's the alternative. My pit of the week. 
See, I always struggle with this one to like <laughs> pinpoint specific things. I'm just gonna we're like go the opposite. With... We like the opposite. I know, I know. I'm gonna go with um aggressively and confidently shutting my arm in the freezer drawer of like an ice cream freezer thing and it's squeezing between both of the layers but no I feel quite badass now because I've got like a really cool bruise and it makes me feel cool so it's kind of a pro as well but anyway we'll go with that as my pit for the week your hardcore war experience in the uh, ice cream fridge (laughs) yeah This week we're going to be discussing the topic of dreams versus reality um, and Zoe, sorry again, I'm just going to throw you in the deep end. Because you suggested this topic, would you mm-hmm. like to give us a bit of, bit of info, a bit of general groundworks of what your thinking was and maybe what we mean and what we want to discuss? Yeah, I think with this one, I just think there's a lot of pressure, you know, obviously the the podcast, we want to sort of address maybe some of the misconceptions about coming out of university and the fact that you're supposed to go into your sort of dream job straight away. Um, and I do think one of the big sort of big lies, I guess, of when you're a teenager and you're doing your GCSEs onwards is that you sort of, whatever you want to do when you're 16, number one, it's going to be the thing that you actually want to do when you're, you know, in your 20s. And number two, it's just going to be like an easy path to it. And you're just going to become a millionaire by the time you (laughs) leave university. And I think sometimes the reality can look a bit different. And that's not to say you can't achieve your dream. It's just that sometimes maybe the path isn't quite as clear and as pretty um, and as successful as it might first appear. You might stumble and make mistakes. Um, And I think sometimes we don't talk about that enough. And I just thought it'd be interesting to have a think about ourselves and, you know, what we have aspired to and what we aspire to now and how we found that, you know, that journey. Um, you know, I feel like when we're from when we're very young, the first question we get asked, you know, by adults when we're at school, you know, year one, year two, whatever is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there's that big pressure to, you know, say it and that's it. That's all you get to do. Um, I can't quite remember what I, I would answer to that. What did you say when adults used to ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up? I think in primary school, I was really into like my books and my reading and writing. And so I think. I used to want to be like an author or a journalist or something along those lines. Um, I remember I won this, we had to write a a little short story in like year four or five or something. And I remember I wrote a book about the snake and the ladybird or something. And I won the competition and I got like a signed book by this author. And so I was like, oh, I want to do that. You know, I used to love writing stories for my sister as well. And so, yeah, that was always my go-to answer. But what about you? Did you have one? When I was very young, I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to make a lot of money. (laughs) Go on, girl. (laughs) And then, yeah, I think I um, ended up going on a similar path to you. Um, When I sort of was in year seven, I wanted to be an English teacher because I love reading and I love stories. Is yours, so is yours now then, is, is your dream sort of career or your, you know, what you want to do is it very different to what it was when you were younger or is it quite similar um I feel like I've gone through a journey of 
what I want to do to be honest mm. and I even now I still don't really know um I think in some senses it's kind of similar because even now I think to myself oh it would be really cool to write a novel or something one day and I feel like that is something that I would really like to do you know quite going through uni I went down like the policy kind of route and security and that kind of thing so I'm also really interested in that and really interested in music um so I think the answer to that is I still don't know (laughs) and if anything it's become even more murky as I've gone through school and uni and out of uni yeah I feel like everyone I just have to say I do feel like everybody has like a really hidden like in the deep dark corner of like your word documents someone everyone has like that little story that they've written where they're like "Mm, maybe I'll just like you know try out being an author it's like just hidden away I've got loads Um, of them I've also (laughs) also when I was younger used to write my own bloody songs (laughs) I used to have a notebook right I used to write my songs in and I, I wish I'd kept them I think when I was about 15 16 I thought god this is really cringe and I just thought what happened if like I don't know this is a bit morbid but what happened if something happened to me and like someone just found this notebook and they were like god is this girl okay um, so I yeah I ripped them all up and I threw them away oh. but I kind of wish I'd kept them because I think it'd be really funny I do have an old few like a, another diary that has a few like random things in bits of poetry mm. which are always very entertaining to read back um I feel like yeah. we all feel like we're cringe when we're teenagers and then when we become adults we look back like you weren't even that cringe it's okay yeah. like you you had your passion you enjoyed what you enjoyed so you were saying that um when you're at university you sort of developed an interest in like policy for example so is that something then in terms of going through school GCC's A-levels were you always doing like the GCC's related to that were you doing the extracurricular things related to that or was the journey to that interest a bit different? So I think this is where it becomes clear that I have two main interests and passions both career-wise and in my life Um, And also that I'm a very indecisive person. But throughout, you know, when I had to pick my GCSEs, my A-levels, I always just thought, you know, I'm going to keep my options open. So for my GCSEs, I did a cheeky bit of music. I did history, did triple science. Um, What else did I do? I can't remember. But when I went on to A-levels also, I was very much almost at one point I think I was thinking gosh maybe I could go into pharmaceuticals or something like wow. that or go down you like could have made you could have been the person route. making the COVID uh, vaccination yeah there you go <laughs> um so yeah I kept my options really open and I did I did bio and chemistry I don't know why I said bio as if I was really cool there bio. biology and chemistry and I did music and history um wow. so yeah that's quite very spread. varied actually yeah I feel like often people sort of go for either the sort of more hu- uh, humanity side of the more science side but you were like no nah, I'm yeah. gonna have it all <laughs> yeah in fairness I did so I did only one year of chemistry I did an AS in chemistry and then I didn't do the full A2 but mm. I yeah I guess I just wanted to keep my options as open as possible and there's no harm in doing that I mean I remember one of my uni lecturers was said to me I think you just the best bit of advice I could give you is just spread your net as far as you can and don't shut off any opportunities because you think 
you know it's the wrong thing or whatever Mm -hmm. and I think also this brings in an interesting point about dreams versus reality um because you know I was relatively academic at school and I'm one of those people who I think if you put your mind to like learning anything you can do it it may not come naturally but I think some things are doable and so for me I thought well I could go down this career path if I work hard and study hard but doesn't necessarily mean that I want to or I'd enjoy it or thrive in it or you know so I think it's quite hard to you know figure out what you want to do there are so many options you know how do I pick one thing Mm. Um, and you don't have to of course but what about you what what was your kind of GCSE, A-level journey at the kind of early stages of education? Yeah, I was someone, I was one of those really annoying people. You know, when someone says to you, like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And you're that person who's had your whole career, like, trajectory plotted out yeah. since you were, like, 14. That was absolutely me. When I was 14, I decided I wanted to be a diplomat. And I was a very, I'm a very... Um, believe and achieve type of person so when I was 14 I was like figuring out how you do that and what I need to do and what skills I need to do to be there now and I very much sort of just saw my future and my dream laid out for me Um, but actually I was hit by the reality of as I got to 15, 16, 17, 18 and going to university you ask somebody, oh, what do you want to do after university? Pretty much everybody wants to work for the foreign office. And um, I realised actually maybe it's not going to be quite as easy as my dream, which was do this at A-level, do this at university, apply for the civil service fast dream, become a diplomat. Um, Sophie will know this well, but I think I've applied for the civil service maybe five times now be that their grad scheme or through other jobs I've been rejected <laughs> every time uh, which is honestly I, I it is fine I'm not just that person like it's fine when it, inside of like cry my eyes out but um you know it just shows to me that your the dream and the reality aren't always necessarily gonna match up and um yeah so my mentor from civil service basically we just thought about what I want to do my values and she pointed me to a sort of new not necessarily career path, but a new thing or a new job that I might want to consider. And actually I'd never heard of this type of job before and I'd never considered it before. And actually it's almost like in the failings on my path towards my dream, instead of it meaning that that path is is closed off now, instead the reality is just a bit like there's me there's meandering around and you try this and you try that. Um, so I feel like my path's been a bit up and down but I think it's been quite a good lesson in the fact that what you, it's good to have a dream. It's good to still fight for it and to go for it. I'll still apply for the civil service, watch this space. Um, But also it's good to take in the reality that's not always going to be like, I'll do X, Y, and Z and I'm guaranteed my dream. I would also say Mm. in a way, part of it also makes you want to fight harder for it. Or makes you realise, okay, it wasn't meant for me and it wasn't meant to be, which obviously not in your case, but for other people maybe. And I almost feel like sometimes if you have to fight harder for it, when you actually get it, it's almost more satisfying. I think like, obviously, I mean, how ideal would it have been if you just like slid straight into 
civil service on a mm. fast stream but also if you hadn't had to fight for it in the same way maybe it would have been a bit underwhelming yeah yeah absolutely and I think as well sometimes like I've had this dream right since I was 14 that is a long time so I still want to do it I still have a passion and interest in it that's a long time to be very like blinkered into one career and that whole time when I was at school and stuff I never really considered anything else mm. so I think it's it like you're saying like I, I think when I get there it will be great but also I think it's given me the opportunity because I didn't just jump from a degree straight into it it's given me an opportunity to consider other things yeah and see what else is out there and not just be super blinkered into I have I want to do this so I'm just going to do this Exactly. And it wouldn't have given you, yeah, the opportunity to try other things. And, you know, ima imagine if you did go straight into that job and you essentially worked it for the rest of your life because that was your dream and you wanted to do it, which is great. But, you know, for some people who do that, I think they end up feeling a bit burnt out with it or not enjoying it as much as they maybe thought they would because you're doing it for so long. So I think it's quite nice to have you know different pathway in and also at the moment you're developing so many skills and mm. attributes that by the time you do get there you'll be so like badass and like boss at what you're doing and know <laughs> what you're doing that you'll like you know be such an asset to it so yeah in terms of then so like obviously I'm saying you know I had this thing I wanted to do since I was 14 and I had an expectation that I would just do it and go straight into it and that's not necessarily happened and in terms of talking about yourself and going on your sort of life path of of de developing two sort of strong but distinct you know interests and potential career paths and looking at where we both are now today on our podcast do you think thus far in your career journey and, and and developing those skills do you think you're successful and what do you think success looks like in terms of going for your dreams whilst also considering sort of the reality of the situation I think I had a very different idea of success before I graduated uni compared to where I'm at now and I think probably in the past, I was probably a bit judgy of other people mm, and same. not fully <laughs> understanding the situation of, you know, coming out of uni and trying to find a job. And I think, you know, I, I worked, did a couple of internships here and there of things that I thought I would really, really love and enjoy. And I thought, OK, I'll do this and then I'll get my dream job and, you know, I would have succeeded. But in reality, I think the real success is actually like being able to enjoy the little bits in the day to day because your career isn't everything at all. Sure, it's like what you do every day and it's a big part of your life, but it's it's not your whole life. You know, like we're all going to grow up and get older and retire one day. And if your career is all you see as your purpose, then you know, I think there's something missing there. That is very profound. I totally agree. <laughs> Quite that. That deep. Very, that, a bit deep. <laughs> a bit deep. No, I, I definitely agree. I think when I was younger, success was, you know, working like basically 24 hours in some city office, making a bazillion pounds 
um, you know, and being like in a boardroom, you know, laying down the law. And based off that framework, looking at myself now, I certainly wouldn't have looked at myself and thought I was successful. But actually, me now looking at where I am and where you are, like we've done like the most. <laughs> like sometimes I think we forget to pat ourselves on the back. And also, like you said, like just enjoy the little things. Like for me, you know, I've got a job and I enjoy it. And, you know, I can I have a flat that I I don't own it but I you know have a flat and I'm doing all this stuff and I get to experience all this stuff and you know you know that I'm thinking about potentially teaching English abroad after this grad scheme finishes and I feel like that is a much more well-rounded person with experiences and whilst that's not necessarily me becoming a diplomat tomorrow I'm like you know what I think you're I'm afraid to say it because I don't want to seem like super arrogant I feel like that's successful but I think yeah, that's the problem sometimes we're afraid to sort of appreciate ourselves because we're scared of being like arrogant but actually it's just normal to celebrate yourself sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's hard as well because you know society or like media or films and movies Mm. definition of success is like living in New York City or London with all your best friends and seeing them all the time and working a nine-to-five and like being really cool it's being busy isn't it that's what success Mm. is defined as in society being busy all the time but I think what the past year and a half almost two years has taught us is that it's not about that and like actually having time to pause and do things that you enjoy as well aside from your work is what's really important absolutely I also feel that you know social media and like films and all this stuff it really like glorifies the workplace and then when you actually get a job you realize that one like the internet culture whatever totally glosses over the like really mundane things (laughs) like the really small things like sending out uh, figuring out how to send a chain email to like everybody oh my god yes literally (laughs) (laughs) and also like the tough bits of it and like the challenges or like you know someone who's you know being really catty to work for no reason or, or trying to trying to you know figure out the hierarchy of people's positions and how you relate to that and you know all the things that may be in your head in the dream working overtime you know stuff like that I think it sometimes glosses over um and that's when you realize like that's what hits you as difficult and I feel like the sort of dream you know when someone says you what do you want to be when you're you're young and you say like a lawyer or something the reality is very different (laughs) And you don't really get taught how to prepare for that, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think also, I swear in half these things, they they seem to have so much time. I've just finished yes. watching um, Bold Type, which oh, is okay. so good. I loved it. So um, and no spoilers here. But how can they do a full day of work, have like, you know, finish really late in the evening because they've had to work extra because something major just happened and then like have a social life afterwards and go out and like Mm. stay out late and get drunk and then like you know go into work the next day and 
do all, I don't get how they have so much time. <laughs> it's Maybe just not realistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, I literally finish work and then if I go to the gym, that's an achievement. Then I'm done. Like, I've got no more energy. Like, I can do, like, one thing maybe after work and that's if I haven't worked overtime. <laughs> so they're all, like, running around New York City, like, oh, yeah. this is my glamorous life. Yeah. It's mad, <laughs> the reality it? is a lot of a lot of tea stained documents, a lot of sweaty armpits on the train, um, coming home and being tired, making your dinner, and then doing it all over again. <laughs> mm. That is such a positive picture of working life. I've just painted. It's better than that. It is better than that. Whilst we've been having a bit of a bleak conversation about the realities of, you know, growing up in, and finding work, do you think it's still, do you think it's still good to have a dream? Do you still have a dream, Sophie? What do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> I don't know if I still have a specific dream, mm. but I definitely think it's good to still have a dream. I think mm. it's good to, you know, want the best for yourselves and want to do something that you enjoy because that's what we deserve we deserve to be happy and you know not necessarily thriving in our job but like gaining from our job Mm. and you know it fulfilling us um not necessarily fulfilling us completely but you know like giving you joy um and enjoying the people you work with as well I definitely think it's important to have dreams and it it doesn't even have to be career-wise right it can be goals and things that you would like to do and achieve in your life if you want to travel to a certain place Mm. if you've always wanted to learn a certain language or you've always wanted to go to a museum somewhere I don't know (laughs) I just think there's all these things that you know we should do and I think what people should do more what I've been trying to do more is almost like get like romanticize the little things in life and just enjoy the little things as well and because mm. that's what makes life exciting isn't it it doesn't always have to be the big things either but the little things that make you happy you don't need to have a massive dream to feel fulfilled or excited excited about yeah, life absolutely absolutely I think, though, one thing I've certainly noticed, you know, applying for roles and having to make a decision about what role to take or what to do is as adults and sort of in the society that we're in, we're very reality conscious and security inclined. And I mean that by often you know, we throw away our dreams that we had when maybe we were children, um, you know, because we think it's impossible or, you know, we think, well, that's not going to, you know, it's really hard to get into that industry. So that's not going to pay the bills. So I'll just sort of settle for this thing. And I think, I think that's what's interesting about this whole conversation and this episode of dreams versus reality almost makes it sound like you can only have one or the other. But I think the right way to go about life is to have a good mix of both. Um, I know my my mum, when I was thinking about, I had a couple of different job offers this time last year and I had to think about what I wanted to do. Her arguments were very rational. Um, You know, this one pays more, 
this one will probably set you off in your career this is what you maybe should be thinking about as advice but just in case my mom mom if you're listening you heard that no you didn't <laughs> um, and I was very inclined to think that way too but I think it's it is important you know I, I remember saying you know I'm only 20 whatever I'm not going to give up on my dream now I've got like 25 years to build a career I'm not going to give up on, on on what I ultimately want to do even if it might not you know get me a mortgage or doing it might be more difficult I think there is definitely something to be said for if you have something that makes you passionate and it doesn't have to be a dream job it could just be a hobby you want to keep up or or you know traveling as you said or learning a language or going to a museum as you said earlier like don't throw that away because society expects you as an adult to be serious and to choose the secure options because as you were saying Sophie that's not what makes you happy uh you do to an extent in life like I'm not I'm not advising listeners to just you know be homeless and just go and do crazy stuff all the time but you know you've only got one life and if you enjoy something then you should do what you can to make that happen for you you know whilst okay if you wanted to be an astronaut when you were a kid and you're the age you are now doing a degree that's not scientific or whatever then okay maybe you can't necessarily be an astronaut but you could like I don't know go go to space yeah go to space you could be Richard Branson make it happen (laughs) yeah Um, but you know you can still do things to pursue that dream and interest without it necessarily being like I'm gonna be an astronaut and I just I just I feel that is the shame about being the age that we're at is we're often told to sort of throw away the dream and what makes us passionate for the like smart decision the head decision rather than the heart decisions and I definitely think I know we've spoken about this in our COVID episodes but obviously COVID has sort of shown a lot for, uh, you know, universities and how degrees are done. But I think from a personal level, um, I think COVID shows that nothing is secure, you know? So why not go for the, you know, spontaneous option or the option that's more of a heart decision? I think one of the things that comes into play when you start thinking about people's dreams and dream careers and stuff is also... I don't know, dreams can be scary, you know? I think one of the things that I've definitely felt um, previously of thinking something was my dream job, I've always been more scared sometimes to pursue it because it feels like the easier option is to go with the secure one. And it's almost like, okay, well, what happens if I do my dream job and I hate it and it's really scary or I'm not good at it or whatever it almost feels easier to do the thing that's not your dream Mm. because you think oh well it's fine it's not my dream job like I don't care about it if you have a tough day at work or if something goes wrong you're almost less emotionally invested in Mm. it so it's almost a weird way of trying to protect yourself yeah yeah I think it relates to earlier I was sort of saying you know I when I was younger I thought that my sort of dream job and that path would be a straight line but actually I found that it's meandered and and gone off into different tangents and then come back on and maybe you know if you uh, it is very scary but maybe if you do go for what you think is your dream job 
and then you're doing it and you realize it's not your dream job maybe that's just a part of the meander in the path do you know what I mean like maybe actually really that's just what you need to do to realize what you need to realize in terms of in terms of a dream that you never even thought of mm. I think as well it's very difficult because we are you know inclined to fear failure and we see failure as a very negative thing but I am kind of more leading towards the mindset that I think I'd rather try stuff, fail stuff and have that as part of like a dynamic and interesting life than just stick to a mundane thing that I don't particularly enjoy, but it, you know, pays the bills, especially as well at our age, right? That's the thing I think. I think it's such a shame people our age ditch their dreams. Like people are living till they're 100, yo. (laughs) People be living for a long time, okay? So when you're thinking, oh, I'm 25, that is not old. You've got like 75% of your life left. Like why give up on your passions, your dreams and your interests so early on? I just think it's such a shame. and I guess as well, though, I, I guess we have to say that, you know, I am in a privileged position to say that for some people it is, you know, I understand that it's really difficult to take risks because you can't take risks if you've mm-hmm. got people to provide for and, and things like that. But yeah. I just think it's just such a shame that we're sort of, we instantly throw away our, our, our dreams from, you know, being kids. And I think that we should dream more, should dream more. <laughs> So we're nearing the end of our podcast, but we can't finish a podcast without Life Bites, a segment where we answer questions from our listeners. If you want to get in touch or get involved, then please make sure you're following us on Instagram at whatnextthepodcast or email us at our email address, whatnextthepodcast at gmail.com. But before we get started with our listener question, Sophie, I've heard we've got a special guests featuring in our life fight segment woohoo yeah so if you are an avid listener of our podcast which you should be why wouldn't you be it's it's the best podcast (laughs) out there um we had our friend amily on the podcast a few episodes ago to chat all things master's degrees and she actually sent us a cheeky little voice note of a question so i'm going to play it for us now and we can Give, give our answers and advice. Let's hear it. Hi, guys. My question for you is how do you manage um, applying for new jobs whilst doing something else, you know, whether that's studying or another job? Um, how, do you, how do you balance, you know, applying for something whilst you're already doing something else, if that makes sense? Thank you, Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you manage applying for sort of jobs or other opportunities whilst you're maybe studying or working a job that's a tough one it is hard I think you know during university definitely in my last year I was trying to apply for lots of different things and grad schemes um I remember there was one guy on my module who I had to see him every lecture just trying to apply for stuff on his laptop and I was thinking <laughs> god I wish I was that efficient um yeah it's tough it's hard I think it was almost harder during uni when you're finishing up and trying to you know write your dissertation mm. and everything it's quite hard to think about the next thing because you're so mm. focused on the present and what you're trying to get done in the interim 
So it is hard. Um, I would just say, I mean, it comes down to organisation and just yeah. trying to manage your time. Um, maybe if you're, you know, doing it whilst you're finishing up a degree or something, maybe you just set aside, you know, half a day a week, one afternoon a week to look at some job applications or mm. you know research jobs and if you've got a few that you think I definitely want to apply to this then yeah just setting aside your time and being really clear on when you can do it um and everything like that yeah and to be honest I think that advice probably applies for if you're after uni and you're working like definitely your piece of advice there in terms of just being organized and maybe setting aside that time to just sort of sift through opportunities I think my advice if you're at university is be prepared if you know roughly what you want to do or you've heard of a couple of for example you know famous grad schemes like the civil service for example and you know that you fancy go applying for it you really if you can you should be researching into that as early as you can I'm talking second year like because these application processes for grad schemes they are often year-long things that start in the October of your third year so if you're only just you know finding out about them as the applications have already started you're going to feel overwhelmed with the amount of work that you need to do so I think my advice would be if you've got some big grad schemes that you reckon you want to have a go at applying for try and start looking into them as early as possible so that you're not doing a dissertation and trying to apply for like five consultancies or whatever and having to go through multiple application rounds um and yeah I think just as you were saying trying to be organized I'd say try not to panic I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it can feel really panicky uh but again that comes with being organized and being prepared so I feel like we have that covered yeah I'd also say just as a side note, whilst you are at university, I would definitely make the most of career services that you have there if you do have them. Most universities tend to have like drop-in sessions, to have chats and, you know, they'll give you advice on your CV and things like that. Um, And going to career fairs and chatting to various people from grad schemes and things like that, it's just so useful and such, you know, great opportunities there to get advice and you know chat to people about it and find out if you're actually interested or want to do certain things um I would definitely recommend that and yeah I think post uni um you know I'm kind of in that situation where I'm doing a bit of part-time work and a bit of freelance work and for me it's almost quite useful to know that there's certain days that I've got blocked out where I can't apply for other things and knowing okay well I've got this time available during this time I'm going to try and do an application or try and work on it that kind of thing in a way it almost helps to have other things to balance it with I think if I wasn't doing something else I'd almost be less inclined to motivate myself to apply um so yeah just be try and be really good with your time and psych yourself up to do it Thank you, Emily, for the question. Thank you. Sophie, have we got anything in our inbox today? We do. We have a question that says, hello, Zoe and Sophie. How do you know if a career path is for you or what you want to be doing? I'm studying law at university and I enjoy it, but I'm not really sure if it's the career path for me post uni. Yeah, I think that's a difficult one. I think it kind of relates to the dream versus reality thing. I think knowing how do you know if a career path is for you I think firstly it's very personal but I think it's a bit like falling in love and love like some people imagine like having their 
kiss with the person they love and it's like fireworks going off like in the movies right fireworks are going off and your tummy's got all these butterflies and then you just know deep inside this is going to be your soulmate <laughs> forever which <laughs> I have a very positive view of love and relationships. No, but in reality, you know, people, we all know that relationships take work and you don't necessarily spot someone across the crowd at a festival and instantly fall in love with them. And I think maybe for most people, it's the same sort of thing with a career path. I don't think you read about a career on a piece of paper and instantly like the sun comes out and the birds chirping and you're like, yes, this is what I want to do. I think sometimes these things develop naturally um, just by exploring. I actually think, I always say to people, I think it's easier to know what you want to do by knowing what you don't want to do first. So I think for me, my advice would just be, Try not to panic if you feel that way. I think most people feel uncertain. I think even people who are on a career path that they know they want to do still feel a bit uncertain. Um, and my other piece of advice would just be, um, you know, to try things out. Just have a look. And if it you don't like it, then that's okay. Maybe that's not for you. And it will help you on your journey to finding out what is right for you. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where, I mean, for a lot of people will relate to this, but unless you're really set on, you know, I want to be a doctor and do medicine or I want to do this or that, um, unless you, you grow up having that goal and dream and ambition, I think most people tend to not know what they want to do. And I know you said you've studied law. Um, I'm not sure if that's, you know, with the idea in mind of wanting to be a lawyer or if it's just something you found interesting and you know followed that path but obviously law is a great de degree to be doing and there are so many transferable skills from that for other careers it's so broad and I think you don't have to feel that you're you should be pigeonholed into that career path um into being a lawyer just because you're doing law I think if anything you should see it as a springboard and as a good opportunity to try different things that you think you would enjoy um because yeah there are so many transferable skills and so many things that you could do with that and so yeah I would recommend maybe trying out an internship or something more short term and maybe just do a few internships you know do some work mm. experience and just rule out like Zoe said what you don't enjoy and, you know, maybe aspects of things that you did enjoy. And I think, yeah, j just explore really and see see what you find that you like doing. We hope we, that you found that a helpful, <laughs> helpful <laughs> agony art. And obviously best of luck for, you know, finding out what you do want to do in your career. that is all we have time for in today's episode of what next thank you so so much for listening and joining us we hope it's been insightful maybe giving you some little bits of advice or just helped you realize that you are definitely not alone in this and zoe and i are 100 percent in the same boat and we are with still, you we are with you still trying to understand these things ourselves um, and as always if you have any thoughts or opinions you want to get in touch with us then make sure you follow us on instagram at what next the podcast or you can email us what next the podcast at gmail.com make sure you get in touch let us know what you're thinking we would as always love to hear from you Make sure you stay tuned and listen in next week where we'll be back with another episode. Thanks for listening. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why are we well, like bye. this? Bye. Bye. <laughs>